Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits for His word. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. Greeted from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. After he had fed the people, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and proceed to the other side. Why, he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was entering, when it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles ashore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Once Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water toward Jesus. When he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter. And he said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? After that, he got into the boat. The wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. First reading, we have Elijah. What has happened with Elijah is that he's he's killed the false prophets of Baal, and he's running away from Jezebel, who's trying to kill him. Uh, so he's heading off toward Mount Carmel, and on the way he gives up. And he falls into depression. And um, when he's in this profound slumber, an angel wakes him up and says, Look, you have a long way to go. So the angel gave him some bread to eat, fell back asleep. Then he eats the bread a second time. Then he walks 40 days and 40, night, 40 nights to what is called the Holy Mountain. So that's the context. Now in the Holy Mountain, he's searching for God. And there is a powerful wind. God is not in the wind. He's not in the fire, but God is present in the gentle breeze. Then, after he hears God speak in the gentle breeze, Elijah is aware of God's presence in that way. Okay, uh, how can we interpret that for us? Uh, the importance of having times of silence. Silence in our lives. Because if we don't have silence, we're not going to hear God speaking. 
Years ago, uh, Pope Benedict XVI came to visit New York. He also was president of Yankee Stadium, giving a talk to a lot of people there. And he went and he visited Dunwood's, Dunwood's uh, Seminary. And one of the things he said in that homily was that the young people often will not respond to the vocation because they're bombarded by so, many, so much noise. So I think it's a good idea to find some time every day to be in silence and maybe for five minutes just read the Bible, read the Word of God. Okay, the second reading, St. Paul is suffering because St. Paul was a Jew and many of the Jewish people did not accept uh, accept the Word of God to become followers of Christ. So you see the anguish of St. Paul that he was converted on the road to Damascus and still many of his contemporaries had not opened their hearts to God's grace. So let's pray uh, let's pray for the uh, pray for the Jewish people. You know, everything is possible. Uh, pray for the Jewish people. You know? uh, I, I was directing indirectly Muslim Ross who eventually became Sister Miriam and I was a director about 30 years ago and now she's a not only a Catholic, but she's also a founder of a religious order, you know, the Daughters of Zion. You know. So, uh, pray, pray for the conversion of the Jewish people. You know, everything is possible with God. Okay, the gospel today is um, is a very powerful miracle of Christ. So he's working; Jesus is working hard the whole day, and the apostles are tired, and he forces them to get in the boat. And they didn't want to get in the boat because they're tired, they're hungry, and they probably just want to have a good meal and rest, but our Lord says, get in the boat, on purpose. And you see the contrast. Jesus is on the mountain, okay, in prayer, and the apostles are in the boat. Now, the Lord is praying to the Eternal Father, but he's aware of what's going on in that boat. So he purposely sends a storm on the lake. So try to imagine this. They're in the boat. These are, these are professional fishermen. They know the lake better than anyone else. You know, Peter, James, and John. That was their profession. And Peter was probably complaining because maybe anticipated this, this was not a good time to get in the boat. You know? So you have Peter, James, and John there. And Jesus is on, on in the mountain. And a storm kicks up. And in the midst of the storm, they see this this person walking on the water. You imagine you're in the boat at 3 o'clock in the morning, you see someone walking on the water toward, toward you. What would your reaction be? Probably have a heart attack. You probably have a heart attack. And they saw him, they cried out, it's a ghost. Then you hear the voice of someone they know very well, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to walk on the water. So Jesus says, come, and Peter gets out of the boat. Can you imagine that? Fulton Sheen says that the other apostles said, we thought you're crazy, now we know you're crazy. No? In other words, they get back in the boat, you, you lunatic, get back. Okay, you're not a swimmer, you're not going to be able to swim during this storm. But the Fulton Sheen presents the reaction of the apostles, thinking on a natural level. Why on earth are you getting in the boat? 
but he heard the voice of Christ. He said, come. Now, we often think that he's sunk, but what did he do before he was sinned? He was actually walking. He was first walking. And what happened? We don't know exactly, but I see it this way. There's probably strong wind, I'm not going to say a tidal wave, but a huge wave that was there about to engulf Peter. And this is, this is the key thing that, in my interpretation, is that Peter was walking. What does he do? When he's walking, he's walking toward Christ, but he's fixing his eyes on Christ. Once he lifts up his eyes off Christ, what happens? He starts to sink. And then he cries out, Lord, save me. And Jesus stretches out his hand, says, man of little faith, grabs under the hand of Peter. And once he grabs on the hand of Peter, then the waves subside, they get in the boat, and they cross over. Okay, this is my basic, I mean, there's so many different points, but this is my basic message for today. The big problem of Peter is he focused more on the problem than on the problem solver. I'll repeat. And so the big problem of Peter, he focused more on the problem than he could solve the problem. What's our problem in life? Our problem is life. We focus more on our problems than he who can solve our problems. That's the message for today. We all have problems. We've got health issues, got social problems, we got cultural problems, we got moral battles. I mean, who doesn't have problems? As a priest, I got tons more than you people. Now, are you kidding? Uh, we all have problems. No? You think you've got problems? We all have problems. But our problem is that we focus more on the problem than on the problem solver. So. Let's, let's try today, okay, with our problems. And you know, if we don't bring our problems to God, the problems get bigger and bigger and bigger. But if we bring our problems to Christ, you know what he'll do? Either he'll either take the problem away, we'll say, no, I'm not going to take the problem away, but I'll help you to carry that cross. It's either one or the other. So sometimes, if he takes the problems away, hey, we get lazy. We get complacent. And that's a problem. Whereas sometimes the bigger the problem we have, the more we pray. Now, I notice in my life, I'm going through really tough times. I pray a lot, but sometimes I double it up when the, when the cross is even heavier. So it's not a bad idea uh, before you go to bed, maybe just go through the day. And you see the good things that God has given to you, but you see your problems. And ask the Lord for the grace not to try to solve your problems by yourself, but try to solve your problems with Christ. I think that's the essential message I'd like to lay in your hearts today. We're going to have problems until we die. I'm preparing a course on, on the letter of St. James. I'm going to be given when I go back. I really, I'm reading through it. I'm reading commentaries on it. How does St. James start off? He greets the people, welcomes the people in the diaspora, and he says, count it pure joy when you're going through all different types of troubles. No? That's how it starts off. Count it pure joy and blessing when you're going through all different types of trials and tribulations. 
So let's uh, recognize that we're not alone in our problems, but Christ is with us. Let's ask uh, Mary, uh, the mother of God, as well as our angels and saints to help us to recognize we're never alone, but God is always with us. Amen.